that's a that's a thing you can do. Can you, okay, can you hear me now? No. Yeah, I can. Okay, hear you. I, I can't hear myself. Good. I don't want to hear myself. Oh, okay. All right, good. I was I was hearing <laughs> myself echoing back into my headphones. Oh yeah, you'd probably turned up the sound on the audio recording. Did. It can be very disorienting to hear yourself too much or too little in an unnatural way. Mm-hmm. That's... I'm, I'm familiar with from having spent some time in bands and playing on a variety of like club stages where, you know, you're like the sound guy who's running the venue, or who's running the sound for the venue, like doesn't always know what to do or why. They're just like, oh yeah, I just usually set these dials at this. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really interesting to be in situations where like you're yelling and you can't hear yourself, or you can hear yourself coming from somewhere else. It's... Right. That's why they have monitors. I know. Can I get a little mm-hmm. bit more Vokes in the can, please? <laughs> yeah, a little more. Uh, can we get a little more of the guitar. Uh, no, 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 no. Less of the less of the amp. No, wait, that doesn't make sense. The amp is the thing. Well, more guitar, less amplifier. Okay. <laughs> or this, less that. Just, just unplug everything. We're gonna do really, this all. Really suck Eric Clapton guitars when you unplug everything, like strumming on a picnic table. <laughs> Yeah, those electric instruments just are not that great when they're uh, when they're not plugged in. It's weird. It can be a problem. It's very tinny for some reason. It's like chinka chinka chinka, tiny. blinka blinka. No, it's tiny. Tiny. Oh, hmm, hmm. That's interesting. That's a joke. Tiny tin. Whoa, a joke you say? I make those. Yeah, yeah. That's because that's because we're on the Honest Bicycle program. Uh, I'm Greg. I'm Francis. Yes. And I'm Matteo. Way to go, guys. We got it. Yay. Well done. You did it. Yeah. We've been pra- uh, to our listeners, we've been practicing this. <laughs> yeah. Endlessly. Endless practice. Getting ready for the... We just stuck the dismount. We just stuck the dismount. Yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of you guys. Oh, does that mean we're into gymnastics was... now? <laughs> well, you're now you the Honest Gymnastics <laughs> Program. Didn't you know that? <laughs> Oh, that's so exciting. That means that we can train so hard that none of us get our periods anymore. Oh, is that how... <laughs> Way ahead of you. Is that a thing? <laughs> I know you guys yeah. are excited about that. <laughs> Pretty excited about it. Greg, that, that is like totally the thing. That's why like... I, so my memory of gymnastics is like, you know, growing up and then gymnastics becomes a big story every Olympic cycle and that's it. But there's always yeah. just like... I, I remember, you know, learning that there's a reason that these... These young women who are like firmly in their teens, but they still have these very prepubescent bodies. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Is, yeah, they just they they train and then they don't menstruate. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Well, that's uh, this is a direction I didn't expect the show to take this morning. <laughs> doesn't that find, I mean, doesn't that there, there's there seems to be something like stunning and uncomfortable about that, but I can't articulate what it is. And it I might mean, just, and it might just be like kind of messed up attitudes about like stunning what, and uncomfortable. Like, you mean the fact that you're like do? making a normal bodily function not happen because of extreme training? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah pretty just, much that. Wow. That would be like the equivalent of being like, "Yeah, I had such an awesome week of training. I can't breathe through my nose anymore. I don't know why, but it just stopped <laughs> happening." <laughs> I'm just gonna go from no, there. <laughs> My kidneys stop. I'm kind working. of a mouth breather anyway. So. I'm a mouth breather. <laughs> That's why we both have such great race faces, Because <laughs> I just have like that like open guppy mouth the whole time. Yeah, it's like uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I'm going zone two and I can't breathe through my nose fast enough to yep. I've also realized <laughs> when I'm like oxygen. concentrating at a crit and going super hard. I like tilt my head to the side like a dog. Oh, like Francesco Mancini. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I caught myself doing it on when I was doing intervals the other day, and I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" Because I remember Colin after a, a crit, one of those like Wednesday night crits. Colin Reuter one one year was like, "Yo, so like you came around that last corner, and your head was like completely tilted to the side." <laughs> I was like, "All right." <laughs> There's a picture of me, and I'm just like cocking my head all the way to the side. I don't even notice I'm doing it. Weird things you do careful, when, when bike racing. <laughs> Colin, Colin should be nice. We'll tell everyone about that time that he dropped his chain in the in the sprint. If uh... oh, it's too late. Hmm. Now everyone knows. Oh no! Uh, you can stick with dismount on that one. 
Yeah. Uh, so so we're doing this in the in the morning, which is uh, I guess like a thing now. So morning. Yeah, we're instead of instead of like beer and whatever, we're drinking coffee. But it's good because it means we're going to be alert. We're going to be ready to go. This is like a morning edition of uh, yeah. It'll be different, different program. banter because we oh. won't be absolutely this shit faced, is... which we usually are when we do this program. <laughs> Wait, is that just don't, me? You're, you're I don't <laughs> even I don't even remember this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like an episode comes out and it's like, oh, hi, did I do that? Uh, I woke up covered in my own vomit and filled with podcasts. They're just all over me. <laughs> Someone just drew podcasts all over your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For the wild time. <laughs> With a Sharpie. <laughs> they were like, ha ha, cereal! <laughs> and uh, Radiolab, take that! Yep, exactly. <laughs> Got podcasts all over you. All right, well, we actually have some kind of... Oh, hey, yeah, have you guys, uh, I don't know, have you guys been following the the um, the Giro thing at all? Any of that? I've been keeping only a slight eye on the Giro this year, which is too bad because I tend to like the Giro. I think it's always a little bit nuts what happens in Italy and teams come out swinging and there's like, the Giro always seems a little bit chaotic and it's the first Grand Tour of the year and it's exciting for that re- for that reason. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really been, been close on it. I watched some sprint stages. That was cool. Don't really know what's going on with the GC. Amador, yeah. Bob Youngles, something like something, that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it seems good. I've watched like one or two stages a little bit. Uh, mm. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, I, it's in I, Italy. It's beautiful. It, it I really enjoyed Andre Andre Greipel's last stage win, which was just a really, it was just like a really perfect sprint. Uh, there's a corner with maybe about 200 meters to go. And he comes through that, you know, second wheel opens up a sprint and makes a beeline for the other side of the road. Caleb <laughs> Ewan was coming around, and what he just he perfectly closed the door on Caleb Ewan without any type of like aggression or out of control riding or jerky moves it was so like it was so clinical and so surgical and almost like gentlemanly and sportsmanlike you know like there was no question that he would be like digging for line deep that yeah yeah it it was just like a perfect tactical move that didn't endanger his other riders given the fact that there's you know usually like a enjoyable fuss about like a sprint relegation once every grand tour uh that was just it that was just an interesting sprint to to watch made me like andre greipel even though i also like caleb yeah well uh closing the door if you don't swing across the road is a legit thing i actually was listening because i've I've been following it mostly by listening to uh the cycling podcast because i i enjoy those british accents wait 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 the yeah, I mean, I I do, I I object somewhat to their positioning themselves as like the canonical podcast about cycling, but uh, we'll let it go <laughs> in that there are like actual journalists who uh, <laughs> report on professional cycling. So I guess I yeah. guess that they won't be hearing from our legal team. We'll be <laughs> we'll give, we'll give them a break. Yeah, no, no, they're 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 legit. Pretty, pretty damn legit. And I uh, heard that they workshopped their name quite a bit. Like it, w- it went through a couple rounds of focus groups. So like, I'm I mean, sure. that's a good name. It tells you what is going on. Like, boom, what? Hey, yeah, I mean, they're really on brand. And they were like, you know what? We don't need to be clever about this. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, boom, let's just do this podcast. So anyway, um, I was listening we're going to change our name to other cycling podcast. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> we'll uh, I like that name. That other we'll... cycling podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss that in the business meeting to follow this broadcast. Uh, <laughs> I now call Honest Bicycle business meeting to order. Um, no, but they they actually had an interview with Caleb Ewan after the stage, uh, and he sounded like he, he kind of didn't want to make a stink because he didn't want people to be like, shut up, Caleb, you're a whiner. Um, but he was kind of a little disappointed in it, and, and I, I feel for him. You know, but I also found myself thinking, like, welcome, welcome to the world tour, Mister Ewan. Yeah, uh, this is the way the game's played here. <laughs> like, that's that's uh, that's how it works, and no one, no one on the podcast, and and kind of no one out there seemed to think 
uh, that there was anything improper about how Greipel did that. So, mm-hmm. so yep, it's a tough old world. What about um, you know, there's actually a, an, another professional bike race going on right now. Yeah, did you there know is that? another one. There's two, there's two other ones. Several others. <laughs> because there's um. That's ridiculous. How many professional bike racers could there be? Well, I've heard there's at least three. <laughs> there Maybe at least more. three. And one of them is in California. Well, it must be at least two in California because there's a... In, a, in addition to there being a men's tour of California, there's now actually a women's tour of California that is a stage race. Woohoo! Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Man, how long did that take? A long time. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising they... because, I mean, like, scientifically, women can't race <clears throat> for more than one day in a row. You know, it's just our bodies can't... can't we can't deal with it. <laughs> I've actually, I've seen someone's uterus fall out when they tried to, to race for more than one day. Out of what? Difficult. Dangerous. Just gotta, just gotta crave it back in there and continue as best as you can. Yeah, oh, but God. then it just doesn't work the way it used to anymore, you know. Just the way it used to. <laughs> what? I don't, this is, man, how did this become like the uterus podcast? Already. Already. <laughs> The uterus podcast. Sorry, guys. I don't feel I don't feel qualified to. <laughs> we took to, working to man's have opinions out of the name on. All well, of a I mean, every other episode, we're talking about uteruses falling out. You guys don't don't need to be qualified at all. I mean, like I'm just uh, you know effectively parroting what a uh, you know bigoted white male would say. So you know, I'm 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 as qualified as any state senator. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on, state senators are smart people. <laughs> we know that. All of them. Uh, anyway, uh, but but there is there is a thing. It is shorter. It is they are still safeguarding your uterus, Francis, because oh, it is good. shorter than the men's race. Ah. Okay, good. I'm glad are, they have my best you... interest at heart. <laughs> Makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I haven't really. They haven't really been super. Uh, I think there's been two stages, but I can only find results for one so far on Velodews, which there's is there's been two stages. Yep. Which yeah, I got really but, uh, confused for a minute because I thought I started on the fifteenth, and I was like, "How that now twenty first only two stage?" But no, I think uh, I think the boys started on the fifteenth. Yes, that makes more sense. Um, yeah, there's been two stages because you've got the uh, you had the first stage, and then the TTT was the second stage. Oh, I think team time trials are really cool. Yep, yep, yep. I think they're not always huh. fun to watch, but they're pretty cool. I, th- I, yeah. They don't They're, always. They don't. Well, they don't always make for great like television. I think no one has really figured out how to tell, how to like televise and tell the story of a team time trial without no. it just being a very disjointed set of snippets of shots of one team and then the next team and then the next team and then back to one team and then what the hell's going on? Well, they were able to do a good job. This is like one of those things where uh, live broadcast kind of kills you because. You know, in the 80s when they were doing, like, the wide world of sports or whatever on the Tour de France, and, mm-hmm. and they kind of chopped things up and added, like, that uh, John Tesh uh, electronic music to it. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Um, da, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah, I was they just thinking would, of uh, Cosmic they were Catalano's those... <laughs> take on yeah. it. Oh yeah, they were <laughs> yeah they were able to make that pretty exciting actually. I mean, exciting in like a super corny '80s way, but uh, it, it's it is difficult to broadcast them. I, I think they're more interesting than individual time trials because at least there's um, a little bit yeah. more there to to go on, you know, in terms of like individual time trial. I mean, I guess those are exciting because you're comparing them to everyone else, but it's just kind of like you know you zoom in on the rider and he's like. All right, we're five seconds in and he is suffering. We're 55 minutes in. He is still have the same look of suffering on his face. Suffering the same. Still suffering. Yeah. I think I think any time trial would be a great place for some really like innovative uh, on-screen graphics. Yes. That just show you that, that try and like show you you can because you can see you could see the like the time at checkpoints for all riders who finished and then all riders who are on the course. So you can see at a glance, like who's on the course and you could overlay them to have this like 
real-time standings that's really different than like just the like you know real-time top 10 that they show as someone's riding into the finish um, well and you could do like like a like a ghost racer in a video game right like where where you can get some idea of of when this other rider was on the same part of the course as the rider we're watching now like how far ahead or behind they were mm-hmm. like wow watch how much faster he just took that turn or whatever yeah if they set up if they set up um static cameras that were programmed to move in the same way for certain uh for certain parts of the course then you could actually like composite uh dots couldn't you of of two riders going through the same section at totally. different times of course the crowd would be you know a different situation than the bikes but you could see people take like you could do this like overlay of uh how people take tricky corners or all this stuff. But you guys yeah. are Basically, thinking look, about we don't know how things. to implement any of this stuff. <laughs> you said that, and I just but, went straight to like really weird VFX overlays. Be like, oh right, and this is the thirtieth rider to go off. Oh, there's a waterfall coming out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, look at Snapchat. those jetpacks on the back of his bike. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, and that's uh. I don't know. That might be worth workshopping. <laughs> Just something like that. <laughs> Focus grouping. Suddenly, he has grown Martian antenna. What? Those can't be aerodynamic. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, we should write up a little, a little white paper and send that along. A treatment. Yeah, a treatment. Treatment. A treatment. Well, I, I'm not sure if we're doing this like if we're doing like an Elon Musk kind of thing or if we're doing more of like a. Uh, uh, Hollywood script kind of thing. Uh, Elon Musk sounds like a cooler thing. Let's do the cooler thing. Elon Musk actually sounds like a like a cheap yeah, cologne. Yeah, his name I is was just terrible. About to say, it sounds like an perfume, awful cologne. Right? <laughs> Even though he's doing like the most, some of the most innovative things, but I'm wearing Elon Musk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like you're about to go into like a really bad porno. Well, it's a, well, it's kind of a like a a moisture is the essence of beauty kind of voice. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Water is the essence of wetness. <laughs> wetness is the essence of beauty. <laughs> oh, such a good movie. I know it's classic. Classic movie. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days, you guys. That that was when that was when I peaked. I don't know about you. <laughs> yep. That is not true. I was not peaking then. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, that's, I, I don't know. That's enough pro racing, right? Right? Yeah, pro schmoes. I... Mario feels differently. I just think that there's... Well, so one of the things happening with the at, at this year, and maybe we can get at this a little bit more later, but it's also an Olympic year, and so we're starting to see some gear come out that is sort of Rio... Oh. oriented and so you know yes. around the tour of california Giro also like finally announced this new aero helmet they've been working on that looks really cool uh-huh it looks like a spaceship in like a different way that other aero helmets have looked like spaceship um and we don't need to different go into it too much spaceship. but i think it looks really cool well why don't they're you... new they're terrible they're terribly named arrowhead yeah it's a bad yeah name. well it's got the same name as a as a rim Oh yeah, I thought that sounded familiar. Yeah. Well, if any, if, it, in Giro's defense of this terrible name, it, the arrowhead makes more sense as a helmet name than as a rim. It's also probably more arrow than the arrowhead rim, mm-hmm. which was not that arrow. No. Um, if you, why don't you find a picture of that so that you can drop it in the chat later? Because we'll get to it. I think there's some bike stuff because we're going to talk about like, or unless you guys don't want to, but I wanted to show you guys some bike designy kind of stuff. Bring it. Because uh, this is kind of fun. So first thing I'm going to find is I'm going to I'm going to drop this link into your little chat robot window thing here. So uh, here here it is. Here it is. Whoops. Yeah. So you guys should check that Skype out. Noise. Uh, <laughs> yes. Skype noises. Well, I, I, I just want to hear what you think about this because I think it's really kind of awesome. Oh yeah, I've I've seen this. It's the people uh, actually. Uh, Building out bikes, or not building out, I, I don't know if these are just computer renders. Or some They're renderings, Renderings yeah. of, of people trying to draw bicycles. <laughs> or what, yeah, so, what so people I'm think so bicycles look these. like. Yeah. 
Me too. So basically the idea is is that um, there's actually this kind of psychological uh, – I don't know if it's psychological research that it counts as or whatever. But basically you can ask people to draw bicycles from memory. And people make all kinds of interesting and actually really consistent errors um, about yeah. them in, in making these bicycles that wouldn't actually work. And someone took them and – actually made 3d renderings as if these things were real bicycles and it's kind of amazing i really like the the one-sided fat bike oh yeah 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 let's go yeah let's find something specifically yeah this is great this is great it's like so the fat bike ghost riding its own tires <laughs> it's so awesome so it is a fat bike and it's like it's got yeah it's got cantilever hubs front and rear um most importantly and so you know it's like a lefty Except that it's kind of like not like a lefty that the wheels aren't centered on the frame. It's also a um, righty, technically. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a righty. That's right. And and the wheels just are sitting there on the left side of the bike. They're not like actually under the center of gravity. And and the chain goes to the back hub from the cranks, but it also goes forward to the front hub from the cranks. So it's a two wheel drive bicycle. It's hubbing all over it, the place. Yeah, it's delightful. It is like a super common thing that people do is um, is is have like the chain going to the wrong place, like to the to both wheels or to the front wheel. Right. So, uh, so the, the, yeah. a couple of the consistent mistakes are like yeah, connecting the front wheel via a chain or um, putting the cranks on the back wheel, or yeah. not actually having a way to turn the front wheel, like having it be basically connecting the front hub to the frame. Right. So like the right. down tube. And the thing is with this project is you'd think that like it'd be like oh look at these stupid bike designs that you know (laughs) like look how dumb these people are but there's something so humanizing about it yeah i i I think that these these designs are like a roshosh test for someone who's like an internet commenter who's a total hard-on about bikes like you know i've seen a few people like gosh i can't believe people are so dumb and the only answer to that is like shut up yeah that's the stupidest thing to say in this situation yeah, because because I like I find myself looking at these bikes and kind of wanting them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be how cool would it be to? I think it would be fun if you had the space for it to have some bikes that are just unrideable but are made <laughs> and exist. Oh yeah, I mean they're like, they're they're beautiful yeah. aesthetically, and it's very interesting to look at the actual picture drawings of them because, I mean, they definitely look like they've been drawn by three year olds. Mm-hmm. In in most cases, but. Um, are probably actually drawn by adults, which is hilarious, even more hilarious. Yeah, but like these are easy mistakes to make. Uh, as it turns out, if you're not like super familiar, what is? Um, oh, geez, my thing is playing. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, like there's there's some interpretation going on of like um, the. Uh, uh, the 2d drawings into these 3d things but it, it, i don't know the results are kind of magical like the, there's this one uh that kind of has it's 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 funny the cranks are like really far forward of the of the saddle and it's like there's the down tube and then there's sort of like the seat tube heads down but stops because the person drawing it was like oh that's gonna hit the wheel so then they drew it forward at like an angle to meet the cranks so there's like a little triangle kind of dangling in the middle with the cranks on it the, and, the, and like then, silver one with the backwards fork uh yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah and and like the the top tube kind of continues past the uh the seat tube junction so you've got like a little rack sitting there in the back uh that's kind of cantilevered out there it's kind of great i don't know i just like it looks almost rideable it, it looks it actually looks like it would work for a time yes, before it collapsed into itself <laughs> You well, I think that it would, um, I, I, I don't think it would be very laterally stiff, mure. as they say. <laughs> well, so, no, not like that. Come so on, speak, Francis, speaking, geez. Speaking of which, I, uh, I sent you to a video for some type of bike called the Trocadero Fixie, which apparently, instead of having an ordinary steering mechanism, it's got, like, a, a hinge on the down tube, and so, based on this video, you ride it by it's basically rear wheel steering instead of front wheel steering yeah and yeah. It's, and it 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 looks really stupid except in the video the two people who are riding it fairly comfortably are like carving these pretty sweet turns and it looks like it would be a lot of fun to try at a party 
Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at this now. That was what was I was complaining about making sounds. Yeah. Earlier, but I I muted the video. Oh yeah. Whoa! Look at that. That's so crazy. And it's like stupid. Like who would manufacture this? But it doesn't mean that it's not cool. <laughs> would be. I'm not sure what the turning circle on this looks kind of bad. But I don't know. They're making some tight turns. Yeah. That's, uh... It just seems like it would be really unpleasant to ride. I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous, but looks also kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, man. Are you looking at this, Francis? I'm glancing at it. (laughs) Glancing. Glancing. Francis seems unconvinced. (laughs) Unconvinced of the awesomeness of this thing. They're doing a lot of turning. Like, they're doing probably more turning than you would, you know, because it's like, we got to demonstrate exactly what's going on here. So, uh, Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that's all they got to sell this thing is like, well, it's a a crappy bike, but it turns differently. So let's focus on that. But they're also like riding in a straight line with the wheels not aligned, which is super weird. Yeah, Yeah, that makes makes me me a little dizzy. It is. Oh, this seems like it can't possibly be a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> these guys are pretty good at riding it though yeah i don't know this this whole this whole thing made me think in general about like this whole like bike design thing with like people sort of undertaking eh, questionable ideas um or or seeking to kind of redesign uh bikes in their kind of grad student uh, design student rather design douchery kind of way i'm gonna pop another thing in there which has like a bunch of these because i feel like we've talked about this matteo mm-hmm. where like people are like you know what uh i'm a design student and i'm gonna design the perfect pure bicycle right uh, the one the one bicycle to rule them all kind of thing yeah and and it's usually very and, and you end up with things actually in at least one of these cases, something that it looks a lot like one of these Mistron bikes. Have you seen this other link? Number six is like, uh, it actually is like a rendering of a bike that has the pedals on the rear wheel. Oh yeah, and I remember seeing like the founder was like, yeah, like I made this and it's totally great, but like your your weight is forward of the pedals. <laughs> it's, you're you're going to be resting your entire weight on your crotch yep. as you try to pedal this thing. Yeah, like, it's, it's a very, like aesthetically, it's very interesting to look at. I like that he has in a shock. In the same way that some of the like, in in the same way that some of the like ignorant ones were. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and there's other it, things I mean, that's here. always frustrating because those all those like design exercises are. There's one person saying like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna forget everything that's been learned and I'm going to make the best thing." Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. ignorance and arrogance, right? Oh, totally. Um, totally. And yeah, just the 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 fact of trying to make like the the one bike to rule them all when i think bicycling people have found that different bikes have different purposes and that's good uh and then the fact of just like abandoning some of the basics like thinking that that uh, just the ridiculousness of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. i'm getting all worked up come on guys no i'm with you though because no i, um... I know that you're with me i'm just getting i'm getting a little bit worked up about this one well, I mean, if, if we can kind of put a, I don't know if you've said this exactly, but basically, like, there's a super long history in bicycles, and, and there was this period in the 19th century of people really coming up with a bunch of different weirdo designs, like trying to find out, find what would work. And, and then around, like, the turn of the century, the last century, it was pretty much figured out. Like, this is where you put this part and where you put that part. And you make the wheels the same size and you have a chain. Uh, and that's been the template and it hasn't really changed very much. And the reason is because that works really well. Yeah, and like, like this is how you balance a body between two wheels. Like, the basics of weight distribution, I think, matters yeah. a lot. Yeah, and it doesn't mean there aren't things to be done with that. But there's like a lot of people who seem to be like, well, <laughs> if it's been a century because people are lazy and just don't want to try new things. Yeah. You know, and it's like... People, eh. have, people have tried plenty of new things, and this is what it's been distilled to. Yeah. So it's the ignorance of it that that, that, that is, is frustrating. So, you know... There, there are fun places to go and whatever, but then like people get this idea, and th- and this is kind of my, I guess, uh, final manifesto on this, which is an ironic name given this is is there was this this thing you guys might have heard of called the Bike Design Project. I'll drop the link to it. Why not? 
and audience um, will we'll share all these links with you so you can figure out what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, they'll be in the show notes. The show notes will be, by the way, at standarddouble.com slash WHBP slash 59, because this is episode 59. Uh, you can also, presumably, if you're listening to this on the Wide Angle Podium Network, which I presume you are, uh, our page there also will have the show notes. Uh, so yeah, check, check it out. Um, they're worth looking at and there's kind of interesting stuff, but this was like, <sighs> what this kind of came down to was, well, for me, I mean, like, and this to me is just like emblematic of like people thinking dumb things, <laughs> I guess about like bike design and, and why are bikes not popular enough in the United States and all that, which is That's that. That's a whole um, other can of worms. It is a whole other can of worms. So it's like, basically, they're like, okay, the two-wheeled revolution, uh, well, here, let me see. Uh, the Bike Design Project is an independent innovation platform for the urban utility bike. Don't you want to just, like, kill yourself already? We've partnered high-level design firms with American bicycle craftsmen to collaboratively develop the next wave urban bike. Five teams from five cycling-centric cities are competing to concept which is apparently a verb, create a verb. and champion their unique vision of tomorrow's bicycle for the everyday rider. The results will redefine the category and have the potential to reshape urban mobility itself. Like, wow. Wow. See, that's all That's all well and good, but there's an entire missing piece of that in that, you know, the American infrastructure is simply not made for urban bicycling. And that's... Right, right. Like, yes. no no amount of, of different bike is going to change the fact that, like... Yeah, that there, you there's know, some no... some overwhelming percentage of people live, like, 40 miles away from where they were. Right. And that's something that's not going to change in the next 100 years. I mean, like, I guess if, like, car... Well, the way could. that cars, you know, move about in the world changes drastically, which they might with, you know, the self-driving cars, it's not going to... You know, because, I mean, a, a lot of cities where... are are made in a lot of actually most places all places are made so that cars can navigate around them they're not made for pedestrians they're not made for bicycles it's just kind of like a you know a pedestrian bicycle movement is an afterthought um sure but there are places where that's not the case right and it's not like cars don't exist i guess i'm in talking like about in the united in the states Netherlands. yeah yeah sure but like there is a model like there are ways to get people in cities you know a, a more friendly environment without like completely upending you know, society. Oh yeah. I right? mean, I'm not like, talking about completely upending society. It's just that there are many forces working against an urban bicycle movement. Right. Yeah. And and this is like, what this comes out of is this idea I've actually seen expressed um, in a few different ways, which is that like the problem with, with bikes in America is the bikes <laughs> like that. Oh, you know what people who don't care about bikes want is like the perfect Dutch utility bike. And you know, if it has, fenders and a kickstand and and racks and fender skirts and wheel locks and all that if if suddenly these bikes are available um you know or in this case of the design project if these like weirdo um you know high concept bikes are available that are like more exciting and better products for people that they're going to start riding their bikes in in the cities and and really change american kind of bike culture but the problem is that uh Bikes, bikes are fine. Bikes are fine, <laughs> and yeah, bikes are fine. And and like whether it's the, in the case of oh, we don't sell urban bikes here, and the bike industry should do that. Well, they did. Uh, they tried that two thousand eight. Whole bunch of new bikes came out. They were like, okay, uh, gas is really expensive. We're going to sell urban style bikes here, uh, and and they flopped hard. Yep, because I mean, no, like, no really amount bad. of cool innovative bicycle is going to change the fact that if you live in the suburbs and you're trying to get into a city center your ride there is probably going to suck um, yeah it's when you unsafe and you feel unsafe yeah, and it's, and it's most unsafe. people feel unsafe most people, a lot of people and it's just like you know you're riding on a busy road where cars are going 45 miles an hour and you have no shoulder and i mean like i don't like riding on a road like that as an experienced cyclist and if i were a casual cyclist i would feel extremely uncomfortable and then you throw into the mix like you know, kids, and it's just like, it, uh, it, it's just, you know, it turns into a big disaster. And I mean, like, a lot of places, like, where I live up in Western Mass, I mean, I, I have the benefit of an excellent bike path, of which I can get from, um, you know, places that would otherwise take me on very unpleasant roads to ride. I can just, like, rip down to um, a bunch of cities on the bike path. Um, but then, you know, it's actually kind of difficult in a lot of instances to get bike paths installed because for some reason 
um, people sometimes don't like it when uh, bike paths are, are put in or in and around their neighborhoods, which seems absurd to me. But I think that's the case with um, uh, what it's this isn't in your neck of the woods, Greg, up near Boston. But isn't there a, a, a town that's getting a bike path and people yes. are protesting it? Yes. <laughs> and yes. it's just the most. Dover. Ri- yeah, Dover. Yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing because it's like this is a huge amenity for you and you're it's like you're protesting <laughs> against your own interests against you know with against your own property value uh, yeah literally, it will make your property values go up with these just ideas of like it you know not to, to i'm not sure dover property values need any help uh, <laughs> but but i mean like they're I, saying when things you, like when, when oh, mentioned... the vagrants on the bike path and it's like uh, to, to paint with a broad well, brush true, no, those are just masters racers <laughs> it's just mad racist. Well, the, the, actually, that's 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 funny because um, the the only the way they were able to get this thing to pass because it did pass. They they were able to pass an ordinance. They're going to build this bike path. But the the reason they were able to do it is because at least initially, at least initially, this is essentially a, a continuation of a bike path that um, runs through the next town over Needham and and Newton and whatnot. Um, but they said, okay, we won't connect it to the to the the rest of the bike path what what it is is the the path this is an old uh rail line and uh when you're when when you're on the path in needham you come to this old rail bridge and it's blocked because the bridge is pretty deteriorated and and there's no path on the other side anyway uh and so they're gonna pick up the path on the other side on the same rail line um on the other side of the charles river in dover um but yeah, so it would make sense to recondition the bridge and and uh, connect it and and all that. But uh, people don't want to do that because they're like, well, the riffraff will be able to get across the river into Dover. So so yeah, and that that's, I mean, that's a different thing. But but yeah, I guess what I was getting, I, I find this bike stuff, I, I find this design stuff really pretty interesting. And actually, one of these bikes in this bike design project, I, I thought was really cool. Um, the San Francisco one, which was like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but, um, it's like this cool modular thing where you can like stick things onto the front and rear of the bike. I think it was San Francisco. Um, there, there's kind of like, uh, almost like plugs on the front and back that you can like stick accessories on. It's kind of cool like child seats and whatever but it's like none of that like like this stuff all exists and despite what i've heard from people recently (laughs) these things are available but they're you know bike design is super fun but the problem with with cycling us yet isn't isn't that bikes suck because people actually really like bikes but they don't feel like they can ride them they do and i mean like from working in bike shops for many years it's like Every spring and summer, like clockwork, people who are not bike riders come in because they're like, oh, this looks like a an interesting, fun activity. And they buy, you know, a, uh, you know, a comfort bike or a hybrid bike or something. And, you know, you see these all the time when people open up their garages in the summer. You see these, like, sad comfort bikes that they bought five years ago that are, aren't getting used because there's nowhere for them to use them. And it's like, yeah. it, it, you know, if I, I had to drive to a bike path, or somewhere where I felt comfortable riding every time I wanted to ride my bike, I would do it probably, you know, 50% less often. Probably a lot less often than yeah, that. 75% yeah, 75% less often. Yeah, because I was having this argument with someone on the internet, like you do, and it, and it was much uh, like that, where it was like, well, internet. yeah, but, but you know, without kind of getting into the details of it, it, it was like, you know, he was saying like, oh, well, if, you know... <laughs> If if only the U.S. bike industry would realize there's a template for this and sell these Dutch style urban bikes, like that's the kind of bike that people want, you know. And it's like, well, they sold things that are pretty similar to that, you know, without 100 percent of the amenities, and they flopped. And the reason is that like people come in, like, so I think all of us have worked in shops at one point or another, right, Maddie? Did you ever work in sales, or were you just a mechanic? Uh, no, I was mostly a, a front of the shop guy. Yeah, I was a pretty so, faced. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, pretty face of the bike industry, <laughs> Maddie. Uh. <laughs> just bat your eyelashes a little bit move some bikes um, so many bikes move a lot of product <laughs> yeah move a lot move this a lot shit of sells itself oh man so so you guys but you guys know like people come in and if you try to sell them you know we're we're bike nerds we like these kind of urban bikes with the bell and the internal gear hubs and like the chain cases or whatever and people are like wow that looks really cool and you're like yes that will be eight hundred dollars please uh and they're like 
mean, eight hundred dollars is a lot of dollars mm. for a person who's doing something, you know, maybe ten days out of the three hundred sixty-five of the year. It yeah. is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. And so, so what I found is that man, people will buy. It is. It is. It is surprisingly uh, not hard, but. But the like four hundred and twenty dollars for a you know bare bones hybrid bike is a heck of a lot of money for a bike mm-hmm. to to most people. It would um, it would be really cool if there were more like sub five hundred dollar bikes that were good. You know, I, I think we've all seen the like like kind of crappy color match gas pipe fixies or single speeds kind of proliferating. If you've ever been near a college campus, I think like, yeah, like, and they're people, everywhere because they are cheap. Yeah, and like you know, people maybe want stuff like that, but perhaps with like cruiser handlebars and you know slightly bigger tires, maybe a coaster brake. You know, like that is such a that is such a like useful, cheap, affordable, durable, functional yeah thing. I mean, you know, when we when we go back and talk about like bike design versus city design, you know, it's not there wasn't like a revolutionary bicycle that made like everybody in the low countries start riding their bikes it was because they changed how yeah. cities were designed the bikes that they ride are these like 80 year old clunkers that they don't even take with them when they move to a different city you know yeah oh this like, is really the crux actually it is that like if you think if you think that amsterdam and and copenhagen are like these bike paradises because of like the kind of urban bike that happens to be popular there like man uh no, there was this mass in the in the late mid century of the, of the last century. There was a massive public policy political effort to reverse the auto automobilization of those cities. People were like, "Wow, um, the way that cars are taking over these cities really sucks, and our children are getting killed and injured by people in cars, and we don't like that." And we're going to um, agitate to change things. And for whatever reason, in the, the political circumstances were different in those places than they were in other places, especially the USA, um, where, you know, just as in the United States, like urban renewal was like really, <laughs> I say urban renewal, you know, with quotes around it was really taking off and people were building these huge interstates like right through the middle of cities, um, just as uh like the Netherlands and, and Denmark or whatever were saying, you know, this actually isn't that great. Uh um, and, re- related yeah. related the very similar thing that happened in the United States, although on the other side of the coin, is kind of wrapped up in the history of the term jaywalking, which was oh, yeah. uh in the sort of you know early part of the twentieth century as people did start to get sick of cars killing a lot of people in cities. Because previously, you know, you could just walk around a city. Um, the the term jaywalking was pushed, like created and pushed by the auto industry in order to uh, really advance this notion that cars, uh, that streets were for cars and that people had to stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a really great 99% Invisible episode uh, on that that's well worth listening to. Yeah. In the 15 and to 20 minute range. And it's really interesting when you realize that, like, your assumptions and this, these things that, like, kind of like grew up, like, knowing and learning, and not really questioning, it was, like, a specific condition. It was a, a specific notion that was created so that some people could make money. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all Which about, is... you know, one industry making a ton of money and having enough power and uh, push at the right time that, you know, that now that's just what we, you know, Yep. Take a as you know something that's like we grew up with. This is true. Cars, cars own the roost over here. You know we have to watch out for them, but that's not the not the case in every place. Yeah, it might actually have a lot to do with uh, why things are different in the Netherlands and in in Denmark. Whatever is that uh, the kind of native auto industry was you know never as politically potent. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I don't know, and 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 you know not as sort of. I don't know, tied up in uh, sort of the culture in in the sense that like, you know, Ford and the mass-produced people's car was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and that might not have been the thing. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is like, this is, uh, I can have this rant on many things, uh, but I think a lot of people get really focused on sort of the material kind of things, on, on products, on technology. Um, 
in in how they're going to change things like you know francis you mentioned self-driving cars earlier and there's a lot of like futurism about how they're going to transform our cities and whatever but but really um it's politics Mm -hmm. Uh, it's always politics it's always the decisions that societies make about how they're going to structure their societies in response to or or around a technology And, and it's not actually an organic thing like you know the way that self-driving cars if 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 they transform um our cities or our landscape the way they're going to do that is, is going to be you know directed by the kinds of policies that we have in place uh around them and not just because of the particular qualities of them you know when 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 after all what a lot of people describe with self-driving cars for example looks looks an awful lot like uh the same kind of structure of a city that would support like public transportation mm-hmm. at, at much higher levels you know but people like like private cars in a way that they don't like buses and they don't like transit um any 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 last words <laughs> on, on that i mean because i want to talk a little i i, I did want to get back to like the other tech stuff because there's like a bike i wanted to mention oh me too uh, is it is it the is it the, the team usa <laughs> <laughs> Team USA track bike. This is right up. This is right up Matteo's alley. Oh, totally. Not only that, but I can do some uh, reporting live from a party I went to last night about some very interesting uh, details. Oh, really? Yeah. Matteo went to a party. He had some punch. It was fun. <laughs> Matteo went to a party. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think that's the name of a Ramon song. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't you report from your party? Well. We're going to have to give our, our, our viewers... Well, actually, you know what? Before contact. we do that, why don't we actually take a quick break and, and just tell people about the Wide Angle Podium Network first. Do what's up, man. Yeah. So, so this is that'll be waiting on the other side, which is... Uh, we're coming to you on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Uh, it is a collection of awesome podcasts by awesome people. It does, of course, include us. So that's, uh, that's a big part of what's going on there. Uh, but there's also... Bill Shikens, uh, Crosshairs Radio, there's the Slow Ride podcast, there's the Meyerson line, there's Kids Don't Follow, which is another, I guess, Bill Shiken production, uh, music podcast, uh, hopefully forthcoming, Boston Bike Love, um, and bas- basically we kind of got all these shows together, uh, being like, you know, uh, together we stand, divided we don't stand quite as well. And yeah, um, basically none of us are getting rich doing this. Um, what's what's really nice is is we begin we've been beginning to get a little bit of uh, money coming in for doing these shows thanks to listeners like you. That's right, that's right. You can become a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network, uh, and and that's really what we're telling you about. It's kind of an NPR style thing. Uh, so head on over to Wide Angle Podium. You can become a member. You can uh, decide that you want to give your membership. Uh, I guess dues or donation uh, probably donation is a better way of putting it uh, to either one particular show that you l- listen to a lot and really like, or you can donate it to the network as a whole and everyone gets a little piece of that pie. So yeah, head on over wineanglepodium.com and uh, thanks for listening. And you know, we appreciate your support. Greg, All right. Very well done. Very well done. I will add that it's, it's membership dues, not membership. Don't, um, <laughs> And yeah, when, when folks, you know, contribute a little bit, you know, a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there, it helps us out with, uh, you know, getting some stuff like, you know, microphones and a little bit of audio equipment to just up our game a little bit. We might be doing some uh, premium content. All, all that sort of just like neat little stuff. Uh, we have a good time doing this. We do it for you. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for your support. Yeah. Viewers like you. Listeners, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could be unless they're viewing the, the podcast file. somehow. They could be viewing it, maybe. <laughs> I, I've been I've been writing up and releasing transcripts of all of our episodes. What have you been doing? <laughs> that would actually be really helpful if you would send those along. Shit, did I get myself into a big mouth? <laughs> My email is www. No. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Maddie, you were at a party. Why don't you report? All right. Well, so let's let's go ahead and back up. Just, just a scotch here. Um, I, our uh, really fabulous technical correspondent Ian Schmidt uh, and I had an exchange about a month and a half ago where I, I fired over a picture of the U.S. 
uh, women's team pursuit team training. And, you know, it was sort of like a, like a from the top tube up picture of, of four women riding a pace line and arrow bars on the track. And I just saw, I just saw a slight angle of a stem that looked unfamiliar. Um, and I said, Ian, I think we're in for something new. This is, this is not anything I've ever seen before. We're seeing some stuff we ain't never seen before, kid. Um, yeah. And uh, earlier this week, USA Cycling and Felt and Head and Stages and Vision, which is an FSA company, announced uh, the fact that they have created a bike specifically for the women's team pursuit team from the United States for the Rio Olympic. Um, and this is interesting for a couple reasons. The eye-catching reason is the fact that the drive side is on the left side. Yes. And uh, the, the, the backstory for that is, like, Felt's engineers, you know, kind of went back to the drawing board and they realized that there are some uh, angular forces from even static air on the velodrome. Um, and so they designed a bike uh, to optimize the aerodynamics, not head-on, which was the previous assumption, but with some certain angles. And based on those angles, they sort of, they also concluded that the it was faster to have the drive side on the left side. But the the I think the even more interesting thing than that is that, um, and I think this is the big story that's been kind of buried by the fact that people are looking at pictures of this this bike that has the crank on the left side, uh, is that um, there's a, a significant partnership between USA Cycling, Belt, Head, Vision, like I said, Stages is in there um, to create a a highly custom bike like these parts only work with this bike and this bike only works with these parts. The the rear hub is has a 95 millimeter spacing. These are the only wheels that fit in this yeah, bike. Yeah, the front is 70 millimeter. Yeah, so it's super narrow. Um, and it, like this bike uh, is a pursuit bike and a team pursuit bike. Like it, it can't be ridden in mass start races. You know, like there are only disc wheels for it. There probably aren't drop handlebars that exist for it's, it. That it's really special attachment. not stiff. It's probably, yeah, it's probably like a little bit like friggin' flexy because of how narrow it is. Um, and so this extremely specialized piece of equipment was made for the women's team, which I just think is, I mean, obvi- obviously they awesome. represent the best, uh, cycling medal hope for the Olympics. Um, but it, it's just, it's totally awesome. But you so, you so often can't count on like people recognizing that, like look at like the whole soccer, uh, us soccer team controversy. Yes. Perfect example. Where where the women's team, the the U.S. women's national team, is so much better on an international level uh, than the men's team, and it's it's come out that they are not getting paid as much, and, and they like make more money for more people. They get more attention, more right. uh, coverage, yada yada yada. Yeah. So, so it's nice to see like a <laughs> a reality based assessment of where these resources should go. <laughs> so I so I had a bunch of questions upon seeing all this like custom stuff like did they you know because they don't always release all the details that nerds want to know and I was like well okay is this a, a special crank set that's made for left side drive or are they just turning around a crank set and then do they have to like swap pedal spindles for all, like for all of these pedals that so they work with this like did did head uh, you know reverse thread the um I don't think they would need to reverse thread the pedals. Well, the, no, to yeah. the um, the rear hub so that the chain would still tighten the cog. Oh, the on cogs, the hub. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so I found out that it, it uses a splined hub. Um, <gasps> I've been saying for years that threaded track cogs are stupid, but anyway. Yeah, well, they're not they're not that stupid, but um, and, there, <laughs> hey, and there, I, there are there are a person who doesn't hubs. ride track bikes has opinions on track bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just make a design contest about it, Greg. Yeah, sorry, go on. Um, yeah, so so I was chatting with uh, somebody who works at Head last night, and I was like, tell me about these wheels. He was like, oh, yeah, we've been working on those for a while. I was like, how come you didn't tell me? He was like, oh, I had to, like, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody about it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. They're super narrow, um, but, you know, they can be sort of tested and modified out to work with a traditionally spaced frame. They're going to be making these, like, these lenticular discs, uh, which which is sort of new for Head. Head... You know, in the past, their discs have basically been spoked wheels with a permanently attached cover that turns them into a disc wheel. But these are like structural carbon fiber lenticular discs. 
all the way down. That's cool. I think um, it's pretty neat. It's pretty, pretty neat. The, the, this was kind of part of a, a general, by the way, uh, probably not going to spend too much time on this, a general sort of PR oh. thing for USA Cycling. They've also, uh, in addition to announcing these bikes, um, they put out like a letter about here are the things that we're doing differently, and they released a new logo. Have you guys seen that? I saw the new logo on the Twitter sphere. I, I yeah, um, I, I've got I've got to make a confession. I uh, I like what they're trying to do, and I like what it represents. Um, I don't think it's an especially good design. What are, uh, what does it represent? What are they trying to do? Well, what it represents is is the change in leadership and mm-hmm. the change in focus mm-hmm. for USA Cycling into being more grassroots focused into really trying to tackle uh, things like equality and, and kind of do more for riders and and whatever. <laughs> Still, whatever. Uh, but basically having, um, I, I think, a less... Uh, mm, <laughs> basically a more positive approach hopefully for the development of, of cycling in the u.s and not just focused on um uh like elite athletes yeah um but um boy i, I and it's a nice it's like a throwback it's kind of harkening back to the old uh uscf shield logo right but uh i just i just don't think it looks very good um which is unfortunate like for I'm, they've got I'm like okay a, with it you know it's a, it's a shield like I, shields are cool I like shields yep I like, I like shields, shields. Cool. I like shields I just like wish there's it's really a few small things like why like there's just like the letters have like this drop shadow on the like what is it two thousand three come on like this no, don't giant designs in Microsoft Word it it really it looks a little bit like uh, uh, Derek Bouchard Hall kind of fired up Illustrator himself. <laughs> put this together <laughs> but uh <laughs> but you know that's it like I'm, I'm glad i'll get used to it it's not like the old wheel and kind of wing flag uh logo had, like, was some classic appeal great i mean like it, yeah it had its it, it it was it was a decent design actually and i think it was in some ways kind of more interesting and progressive than this one mm. but like i said i like the message i'm glad it's a move away into like a new any feature and i didn't want to spend a lot of time on this i just i just wanted to kind of get it out there that i i really want to like this shield logo and um i don't love it <laughs> i don't th- i think it looks a little cheap but i'm glad i i'm happy about what it represents uh d- there's that helmet matteo should we finish on the helmet and then there's the helmet it's just really cool looking but it's also so big that on some people it looks really bad looking well that means it would look really bad on me <laughs> I have a tiny oh, head. Do you, do you have like a, a small head? I have a small head. Large helmets make me look like a toddler with like one of those old <laughs> the, little helmets. The oh. optimal the optimal situation for any helmet is to have like the biggest possible head that fits in whatever size fits. Yes. My head and is when you're at- so diminutive that the smallest Rudy Project size helmet is too large for my head. <laughs> Oh, Rudy Projects run huge. They do run huge. I when I used to run Rudy Projects, I would crank that shit down on my head as hard as possible and still like (laughs) move my head from side to side and be like, "This is not safe." I get like I like usually not safe song. Yeah, (laughs) it's a very good song. It's going to be (laughs) number one summer jam. (laughs) This will not protect me by Francis Morrison. Uh, number one. Um, so yeah, I had a Rudy Project helmet, and I, I have usually been like an LXL in helmets because. Uh, Are you serious? I, yeah, I got I got a really big head, you guys, <laughs> and a really tiny body, uh, which is not the best combination ever. And, and boxing <laughs> mitts for hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I I ordered. This was years ago, like the LXL Rudy Project, uh, being like, "Well, that's what I usually wear, right? Right?" And it got there, and it was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it was like it was like wearing a salad bowl on my head. <laughs> it makes me wonder like, what they tested those helmets on to be like. Uh, yeah, okay. This this is good for the LXL, so this fits Andre the Giant, and then we'll have the small for the rest of the population. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I think the head model for the large size was Almighty Thor. 
<laughs> I remember when I was like the first years I was on Jam before it was even Jam, and they were sponsored by Rudy. Oh, yeah, when it was Wheelhouse NCC. Yeah, and um, the like pile of Rudy Project helmets in Al's basement, and they were all largest. <laughs> they were like, well, they sent us like a bunch of largest, thinking we were dudes, and we all took the smalls because too large. What do we do with all these giant? Yeah, helmets? it was like you and like Emma Bast, right? Like were the Greg, riders. You know Emma. Um, I don't. Francis knows her better than me. She was my teammate in college. She was a teammate of mine. On Holyoke, she was. Yeah, she was on. We did collegiate racing together. Oh dang! She was my teammate out here. We did track racing together. Awesome. And pit racing. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Small world. Full circle. Small (laughs) full circle. It's funny how that works. Uh, yeah. So yeah, those big helmets, man. Ooh, I I should find a picture. You sent a picture of that helmet earlier, didn't you? I'm gonna find that picture. I mean, it, it looks. Oh yeah, there it, it is. Spacey and cool, but I guarantee you, it would make me look like a doofus if I put it on my head. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It, you know what it looks like uh, is you know like those dudes on the Death Star in the Star Wars movies with like the black <laughs> helmets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this sort of dark helmet thing going on. That visor yeah. is so big. Yeah. That is super weird. Wow. So this is a time trial helmet, right? It's not a... Uh, yeah. It's not a mass start era helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helmets, man. Helmets. How do they work? All right. Well, it's been like an hour. We've been chattering for like an hour. Yeah. Started on helmets. We ended on helmets. Full circle. Yeah, it's called it's called bookends. Is that a Paul Simon song? Uh, no. Paul Simon would be like, you know, if you'll be my bodyguard. I was just gonna turn I into all the singing. I don't know if we can do that on the air. We're good. I don't. I don't know if he's litigious, but I don't think we want to use unauthorized. As long as we're seven seconds or less. Really? I think At so. At a time or total? Time for. Well, I don't know. Well, we'll we'll just uh, we'll take uh, we'll just avoid any problems. We'll just avoid we'll, problems. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what we'll do is uh, send him a preemptive apologetic note <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> Be like, hey, just FYI, we, uh, we 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 sang your songs a little bit on our radio program. Uh, I hope that's okay. Just thought we'd give you a heads up. <laughs> He'd be okay with that, right? Uh, sure. it's, it's better to better to ask permission than forgiveness, right? That's how that goes, right? I think that that is usually the things that are said by people who are doing the asking and not the granting. Yep, yep. <laughs> I think people doing the granting tend to be like, actually, I think it's better if you ask permission. Yep, yep. Well, that's what I said. That's what I said. Ask for permission, not forgiveness. Oh, wait, yeah. no, it's well, supposed to be the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, that, that, that was, saying oh, is, is the opposite. Ha- hashtag joke, you guys. Hashtag joke. Yeah. Jokes, I've heard of those. <laughs> you guys clearly need to freshen your coffee. <laughs> a good idea. Uh, well, in that case, uh, maybe we'll take that coffee break off the air because I think we've probably chattered at you peoples long enough. Uh, so thanks, thanks for listening to the Honest Bicycle Program. Uh, don't forget that you can can really help us out by going to wideanglepodium.com, become a member, uh, donate, you can. Also really help us out if you go to iTunes, leave us a review, uh, leave us a rating. Hey, if you leave a really, like, hilarious and awesome review, uh, we'll read it on the air. I will read it on the air in uh... a strong, bad voice. Oh my god. Do you people understand what this is going to mean? Like... I think you need. I think. Uh, well, I was listening I you know to, to the bicycle program, and uh, you know they were uh, thinking it was pretty good. And uh, I still have box mitts for hands. <laughs> I will read it in that that sort of voice. Is that sort of like a strong bad or evil villain voice? Yeah, that's strong bad. Strong yeah. bad evil villain. Strong bad. He he is an evil uh, villain. anyway. He is an evil villain. Yes, he is a he is a bad dude. Uh, so. Yeah, so so do that. Leave us a review. Francis will uh, give you a dramatic reading in Strong Bad's voice of of your clever review of the Honest Bicycle program. So so go look that up and and do that. And uh, that's on iTunes. And yeah, um, we'll catch you next time. I've been Greg. I'm Francis. I'm Matteo. Oh, Thank you, Matteo. For-
<laughs> dead <laughs> air. Thank you for listening. Matteo, dead air. They call me old dead air Matteo. I don't know who you were waiting dead for air in that dead air Matteo. Dead air. There's only the, the three one. of There's us. Another on one. The There's another one that we've had. What are so we've been a really uh, productive foursome and i just uh, really thought yeah. that there was someone else here <laughs> it's yeah it's 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 greg francis matthew and uh dave quiet guy dave quiet guy <laughs> he just sits there just kind of looks <laughs> over over my shoulder nice it's a little weird actually but we're glad he's here all right guys we'll catch you next time <laughs> signing off later